Kia everybody. Can I get a kia ora? Oh, kia ora. Uh, etu. Should you, should you choose? And uh, there's a space in here which you can uh, dwell in. So hard am I, hard am I. Oh my, hard am I. Psalm 139. O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and the light are the same to you. never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. God, you are everywhere. You dwell with us and around us even when we don't acknowledge you, when we don't look at you, when we don't feel you. And right now we just want to let that truth, let the truth of your present reality and of your spirit and your, of your nearness sink in once again. We want to open ourselves to you. We want to we want to let go of our perceptions of you and let you speak to us. Your love is relentless. Your love is relentless. It's the truth, God. Yes, your love is relentless Oh, your love is relentless Let the truth stir you Oh, your love is relentless Your love is relentless Love is relentless. Love is relentless. And you carry, you carry us, carry us when the world is wet. Cover us, cover us with 
Oh,
up before God tonight and let's pray. You might want to lift your hands as a sign of surrender to Him, whatever you feel. Father, it's, a, it's an honour to come into your presence tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. And we invite you to move amongst us as you see fit this evening. glory of the King. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, as we stand open before you, I ask that there would be a deposit of heaven in this place tonight for every person. For every person. Since we were worshipping, this verse came to mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. And tonight I, I really sense that the Holy Spirit's looking for open hearts that He can move in and He can rest upon and take to another level, to another place. We've just got to let that spirit of fear and timidity go. You've got to let it go. He's a gentleman. He's not going to override you if you're saying, no, 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 no. Well, the answer will be no, most likely. You've got to let it go. So for a couple of moments, can I encourage you to really open up before Jesus? And if sense of timidity, if a sense of fear of coming into His presence tonight is holding you back, just push it to the left now and push it to the right. Come on, say under your breath. 
there's no room for you in my life. I rebuke you. I command you to go. Spirit of fear, I command you to go. Timidity in Jesus' name. Because my God is a God of love. My God is a God of love. those among us tonight who don't know you who don't yet call you saviour and Lord I ask tonight you'd make yourself known that you'd make yourself known in Jesus name well I don't know about you but I'm expectant that God's going to do something tonight He is in the house. The Holy Spirit is amongst us. And I'm expectant that he's going to move. It's wonderful to have Pastor Patrick with us again from Dublin and Ireland. And he's going to come shortly. But welcome. Great to see you. Fantastic to have you here tonight. How about for just a couple of moments, you say hello to a couple of people around you. Introduce yourself if you don't know them. Tell them they look great, they smell great, all that kind of stuff. Make sure no one's standing on their own. If they are, you go and greet them. Again, welcome if you're visiting with us tonight. Great to have you here as well. Trust that you'll enjoy the evening and full of faith and expectancy. As you leave after the meeting, there's a table at the back of the room with a whole lot of white bags on it. Please help yourself to a bag. There's information in there around about the church, who we are, where we're going, what we're up to. And um, it would be wonderful if you help yourself to some of that information. We'd love to help you any way we can in your journey. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in this last week? Two two of the people on the stage have. I think you should both come down here for your chocolate. Come on. Wedding anniversary. Any wedding anniversaries? Any back from honeymoon anniversaries? You guys need to come and get a chocolate. Des and Anna, fantastic. Congratulations. Excellent. Happy birthday, Tim. Yeah, wonderful. Oh, where's the chocolate's gone? Oh, we're unorganised. You waited a whole year and the chocolate's gone. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Ray. It's Luke's birthday today. He's been working hard all day. 
Congratulations, guys, on your wedding. Fantastic. You have a good time away? Yeah, it looked fun. Wonderful. Oh, bonus. Come on. I'm glad you live with me. Why don't you jump up on your feet? We're going to declare God's blessing over these guys. Ready? Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness in each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Happy birthday. Happy wedding. Very good. Well, we've got a couple of things coming up that you need to know about. We have Girls' Day out coming up in a couple of weeks. It's going to be outstanding. And so you need to register at the Harbour. Can they register online for that, eh? Or online. And um, you need to do that pretty soon because it's going to be here before you know it. We have Esther Greenwood with us for the weekend. She, You're going to have a great time with her. You're going to have a great time. It'll be an excellent event. Men, there is a men's breakfast for you this coming Saturday, 7am down here with Vince Diacciello. Vince with Vince so that'll be good men 7am Saturday morning love to see you. yeah there how you say that Diacciello how do you say that Sarah oh that's nothing like what I said Dacchioli Vince can I encourage you again to be purposed in your giving and at the same time, can I thank you for being purposed in your giving? It's really tremendous as we just we sow into the kingdom of God together. The, the things that He uses us to do are quite amazing. And one of the things we've done recently is we've given a whole lot of school packs to um, a couple of the primary schools in town. So school bags, lunch boxes, school books, pencil cases, all those kinds of things. And um, just to really bless the families that are struggling to afford those things. And we got a card this week from the principal of Bankwood School and she says this Dear Activate Church just want to say a huge thank you for your very generous gift of the school bags we are very grateful we have been giving them out to children as needed last week I had the privilege of giving them to three children who had enrolled after leaving a refugee camp their faces showed such tremendous joy that it brought a tear to my own eyes. Isn't that cool? That's us together. That's us together. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, tonight we're going to celebrate communion together, which is great. And Jay is going to lead us this evening. So Jay, why don't you come? Hey, church. Um, man, I'm excited. God's doing things, eh? Um, before I go into communion, I got this awesome word for all of us here during um, worship. Um, I got from God telling all of us we don't need to be afraid. And we all, while we were singing that song, it kind of linked up, you know. Um, but where does fear come from? It comes from the enemy, from Satan, you know? And I felt like God just wants to remind us all that He is holding us in His hand as a weapon to remind the devil that he has no power to scare him away. So be encouraged because, man, he's got, he can't touch us. <laughs> We've got God. 
All right, communion. Sweet. Um, the word communion means the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings. That's pretty awesome, eh? Um, we can live in an intimate relationship now just because Jesus died on a cross for us. And that's why we celebrate. That's where the word communion comes from. Um, this was made possible through the blood of Jesus. Like Jesus died in our place. He died for our sins so that we can live in this intimate relationship with God. That's just amazing. I, I just reflect on that and all I think of is just love. That's pure love. Isn't that amazing? Like, ah, oh, that gets me excited. <laughs> um, yeah, let's be living in communion with God every day. We don't need to wait for Sundays. We don't need to wait for special occasions or whatever. Like, God's made it possible for us to be in this intimate relationship with God. So why would we not take that invitation that um, what God did for us? Why would we not take that? That's amazing. I, I don't know how I could not live without that now. Like, it's just incredible. Um, Romans 5.11 says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. That shows that intimate relationship. Wow, man. So why take the cracker and juice? Luke 22, 19 to 20 says, And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood, the new promise of my blood. Jesus asked us to remember this, to have this intimate relationship with God, you know? Um, so that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to remember what Jesus did, and we're going to remember that he made it possible so we can be in communion with him whenever, wherever, you know? We can be in this intimate relationship wherever because of the blood of Jesus. So we're we just going to pray, and um, then after I pray, you guys can just take the juice and crackers in your own time. God, I, th I thank you that you just you made it possible that we can have this intimate relationship with you, that you died on the cross, that you loved us so much you would send your son to die for us, that we can be in communion with you wherever we go, whenever Man, God, just just help us remember what you did. Help us, help us just reflect on the cross, God. Help us, help us show the love that you showed us when you died. Man, it's so amazing, God. We love you so much. We thank you so much. We glorify you, God, for what you did. Mm. Just take the cracker and juice in your own time.
Holy, holy. Well, I'm going to invite Pastor Patrick to come. And it really is a great privilege to have him with us in our country. Best country on the planet. And it's, uh, why don't you come? I've, I've got a word for you which I want to share with you before. You guys can start to find your seats if you like and we'll... Oh, 
I really sense the Lord would say to you that today marks a new season for you personally. Actually, the season has very little to do with what's happening here, but today marks a new season for you. Not only does it mark a new season for you, but your church at home as they come into Sunday and knowing to them at this point, it marks a new season for them as well. And the Lord would say to you that He's seen your journey. He knows where you've been. He knows the struggles that you've had. And He knows the position that you've found yourself in over recent years. And there are many, many, many other leaders in the body of Christ, both in your country and countries that surround you, that have felt the same thing. And today I really feel that He's going to start to lift you up. And He's going to draw people to yourself, not to be drawn to you, but to be drawn to Him. But as you've experienced His grace from down under in the sense of friendships, so He's asking you to extend the same grace to those He brings to you in this next season. And they're going to come broken and they're going to come hurting. And it's not about what you can do. It's just simply about putting an arm around them and loving them. So I'd encourage you that today marks a new season. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I have one. It's, it's too loud. Huh? Did that girl come out of Smiggles? Did she come tonight? The girl from Smiggles? Or from the shop? Oh, praise the Lord. This is the beginning for massive change in your life, love. Praise the Lord. Well, that's amazing. Wow, I feel a bit overcome from the presence of God. Okay, I've got to share this before I preach. Can we bring this down? Still a, um, my gosh. I've traveled, I've preached in, <laughs> I've preached in, in India in front of 30, 50,000 people, and I have never felt this before. And, um, Oh, I'm a bit overcome. Let me share this with you, right? Where's all the worship teams? Can you all stand musicians and singers and songwriters? And... This is what the Lord put in my heart, Sheridan. Wow. You're a hidden blessing. An unknown substance of unbelievable blessing. This is what the Lord showed me. Out of this place, out of this worship, a similar thing that happened almost 30 years ago in Hillsong, the same thing's going to happen here. Honestly, now I saw this in the Spirit. You've been hidden for too long. You have to begin to write your own songs. And the sound that you're going to create is going to affect the whole of New Zealand and further and further afield. There's something very significant from God on all of you. And I saw the magnitude 
of grace coming upon it. That God is going to take it from a hidden place and elevate it to a great place. And I've got to be careful what I say because it can get very political sometimes. Everyone is looking to Auckland. Let me say it with grace. But God has seen this place. And there's something very significant. Honestly, I, I wish I had the words to convey. There's something very special. You're the best worship team I've ever heard. Honestly, I thought mine were good. You are far superior at every level. I've traveled, I've been to apostolic churches around the world. You are the best worship team I have ever, ever heard. Not only that, you're the, one of the most anointed worship team I've ever heard. Actually, I would go as far as say that worship tonight and this morning was better than any Hillsong album I've ever heard. And I'm not joking. You're actually better than them. But you're hidden. But God's going to elevate it. I'm telling you. And the sound that's resounding from here is going to affect the whole of Hamilton. Honestly, I'm, I wish I could convey what I saw in God. And I pray at the end, I'm going to pray for everyone in the worship team at the end, that you're going to see, and where's Luke? Where's Luke, my man? Where's Luke? See you, brother. You are to write song after song after song after song after song after song after song. We were jamming yesterday, having a laugh. I said to your dad, some people can play piano, and they're brilliant musicianly wise, but then there's others that have this touch from heaven that touch the keys, and heaven just evaporates. And that young man has it. He has something from God, honestly. His brother is an evangelist. This fellow is going to be in a phenomenal worship leader, I'm telling you. And songs are going to come from his spirit. And he's going to write songs. And you're going to start singing your own songs. It's going to be amazing. You won't need Bethel. You won't need Hillsong. Everybody, everybody will be singing your songs. I'm telling you. That's what I felt. And the other thing I felt was, what's your sister-in-law's name? What's your name? Pam, is it? Can you stand for a second? Is that okay? There's a deep... You remind me of my wife for some reason. I don't know why. You look a little bit lighter, actually. There's a deep, deep level of a leadership mantle on your life. And something is stopping it. I don't know what it is. But I feel God telling me to tell you, it's going to be removed tonight. And you are more than just an ordinary leader. There's a deep level of, a deep mantle of leadership and a large, what I saw yesterday at the graduation, I saw things in the spirit, there's a large capacity of leadership for the kingdom. And God's going to use that for his glory. And a breaking is going to come in your spirit. And the joy is going to explode inside of you. Are you a pastor? No. You're going to be a pastor one day. Wow. That's what I saw, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't want to say it. You're called to be a pastor. And maybe you're going to plant a church, you and your husband. Somewhere. 
And together, you're going to do something for the glory of God. But there's a deep, deep mantle of leadership that God has placed on your life, sister. And you're a pastor. Pastor Pam. It even goes well. <laughs> wow. So at the end, I'm going to pray with you at the end. Is that okay? Praise God. Wow. <sighs> okay, you can all sit down. Praise the Lord. So at the end, we're going to probably push out the chairs and pray with people. What's your name, son? Callum. Can you stand for him? Is that okay? I don't want to embarrass you. Is that all right? Lord told me to tell you, stop struggling with the world and embrace what God has for you. I've been there. Trust me, man. I've been there. When you feel like you're an outcast, you feel that like nobody cares, and you're sitting there saying, what the heck am I even sitting here? I don't even like the joint. Right? I, I've been there. But deep in your heart is something that you love Jesus. And you're probably someone that actually is not like everybody else. You're probably someone that is outside of the box. And God needs people like you. So stop fighting with God and embrace Him. That doesn't mean you have to come to church. Who cares? God just wants you. Amen. At the end, I'm going to pray with you. This is your day of salvation, brother. Praise the Lord. You didn't want to come here, I wouldn't say. That's okay. That's all right. You came to the right place. Amen. I hope I didn't embarrass you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I love when Jesus does things. It's great, isn't it? I remember going to a meeting one time, and I, I thought they were all stoned. It's mad. It's wild. I said to the guy that brought me, I said, are they all stoned or what? No, he said, you're stupid. I said, shut up and just relax on it. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Holy Ghost wants to do something in the place. I don't know whether you know that song. Do you know that song we do at the end of Jesus' culture called Holy Spirit? Do you know that song? Okay, we'll do that at the end. Praise God. I want to thank um, Sheridan and Jan for having me in their home and looking after me and their two boys taking care of me and, and feeding me and drinking me. And I haven't. It's amazing. I want to thank them very much. They've looked after me. I felt like king. My wife actually said on the, on the, on the FaceTime, she said, Jenny, you look so rested. What's the story there? Are you doing anything there? I said, yeah, I'm enjoying myself. And, uh, so I want to thank you. I want to thank you, church, for having me. It's been an amazing blessing. And you have an amazing church, and the future is absolutely going to be astounding for this church. Uh, it's going to be astounding, honestly. I, I, I say that with all grace and humility. Sheridan, Jan, you have an amazing church. You have amazing people. I wish I had half of them in my, in my church in Dublin. And um, incredible people. And um, Jamie, where's Jamie? I've I got to do this. Jamie, God told me to tell you that nothing is going to stop you. That he's a, limit, a limitless God, and he's going to be limitless in your life. And regardless of what situation, it's irrelevant to God. God is going to use you for his glory in an extraordinary way. You, you have something that is very special from God. You may not feel at this present time in your life, but I just felt the Lord... Over the, I, I, all I do is pray for you every day. It's amazing. Every minute I'm just praying for you. But God told me to tell you, there's an angelic sense from heaven on your life. And... Um, you know, you, you are a beautiful young person, and um, there's no boundaries with God, and there's got to be no boundaries in your life. And you're going to do great things in your life. I really feel that. You're going to do extraordinary things and significant things in your life. And uh, I look forward to hearing when I'm old how God has used you mightily in, on, on earth, you know. And uh, if, you're, if, you, if you become famous, always remember me. I said those words, so... Uh, <laughs> So I can get just one small portion. If you write books and read, you know, release albums and CDs, you can, you know, give me 1% or something like that, half percent, it's okay. <laughs> Praise God.
Okay, let's, let's preach, amen. There's an incredible story in, in the Gospel of John, and um, I, I sort of came into this experience myself when my brother got very sick. I had a brother, 47 years of age, died four and a half years ago. He died of a disease called motor neurons disease. I don't know whether you're aware of that disease. And when he was 46, he was diagnosed, and within a year, he passed away. Uh, within three months, he was paralyzed from the neck down, and um, he went from, from just a very difficult time and lost, lost everything over six months. Went from a very active individual to sitting in a wheelchair and couldn't scratch his nose. But it's amazing that at that time I learned more in those days than nearly 20 years as a Christian. And what I learned was this. I learned about grace. And that's what I want to preach on tonight. How grace changes everything. So John chapter 8 says this. Let me read it quickly. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple. And all, and all the people came to him and sat down and taught him. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. The Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what do you say? Then they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down, wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear them. So when they had continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, the, he stooped down and wrote on the ground, and those who heard it being con convicted by their conscience went one by one, beginning with the oldest, down to the last. Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up, saw no one but the woman. He said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but in light. It's an amazing story. It's an incredible story. It's amazing how she was dragged out and, the, and the, <laughs> the man was left at home. I always find that actually fascinating. Takes two to tango, as they say, do you know what I mean? But um, she was dragged out. And uh, you know what? According to Jewish law and according to Moses' law, she was in the wrong. Totally wrong. But there's something that often we read the scriptures and we actually often become like the religious ourselves. What would we do in that situation if someone was dragged of adultery, dragged into this church this morning and thrown on the sand and said, oh, you filthy, filthy adulterers? We would all judge, <laughs> if we're honest. It's amazing how often as Christians we judge very easily. We bring judgment to those around us, especially even to the gay community. We will always judge the gays as if that sin is different from someone watching pornography or whatever. But it's amazing how the religious drag her to Jesus. And it's amazing that the Bible says that Moses came with the law, but Jesus was the man of grace. And it's amazing in that scenario, in that given moment of that woman's life, that 
A man called Grace is standing there, and yet there's a religious order standing in the middle between the two. And therefore, there's a, a scene on, the, on, on that moment. There's a scene there, and you use your imagination. She's actually half naked. She's been sleeping with that guy, and she's dragged out. And the whole actually scene is not about her, actually. It's about him. They're actually trying to trick Jesus. And they use someone that's immoral. They use someone that's really full of guilt and shame. Well, let's take this woman for a second. And let's ask or beg the question, what drove her to be an adulteress? You don't just wake up one day and become a sinner. You don't just wake up one day and drink a bottle of beer or take a joint or you know, take heroin or whatever. You don't just wake up one day and do that. There has to be a, a, a group of events or something that has happened in your life to bring you to that place that you don't want to be. And actually, for me, she's a very sad individual. Because actually, if you stop for a moment and look at her heart, and, and God and, and Jesus tries to, or John writes to try and show us the heart of this lady. Because in another translation, Jesus, daughter, go sin no more. And here she is, the religious against grace, and the adulteress, and in real terms, according to the law, she should have been stoned. She should have been left dead. But Jesus, or John writes this for a reason. He shows us something of the grace of God. For me, you see, grace never really speaks much, but does so much. And so many of us in this room, if we're really honest, often feel shame, guilt, and condemnation from maybe things that we've said, maybe things that we've done, maybe things in our past that often come up and sh up like a, like a video being pr presented before us. We see things that we, we, we often would, would love to regret or love to forget that we actually did them, but often we don't. And therefore, we carry them. Even in our Christian experience, we carry this sense of condemnation, guilt, and shame. Often we feel exposed in our own heart of what is really inside of us. And when my brother was so sick, I remember learning at that time how grace was amazing. He struggled all his life as a Christian. He struggled with depression. He struggled with so many things, not fulfilling his life and being a, being a musician and a singer and all those things. Yeah, I remember on one given evening, I went to see him, and he could hardly speak at this point, because with motor neurons disease, you eventually lose your voice box. And I remember sitting with him, and at that time, I used to have to sleep with him and turn him over. Every three hours, we used to have to turn him over because he couldn't breathe and he couldn't move. And I remember that night sitting with him talking about, he was asking about the work that we do in India, and I was showing him photographs, and I always remember saying, gosh, some people have it really hard, haven't they? My God, you have a heart. And I remember that night, sitting at his bed, and he was dying at that point. He hadn't got long to live. And I remember sitting in the bedroom, and he used to have this wear this mask. It was called a zippy. It used to help him breathe, because at that point he couldn't breathe. And I remember turning him over one night, and I still see his face. <laughs> and he smiled at me. And he said, it's going to be okay. I'm okay. I saw grace change him. 
I saw the grace of God touch his heart and change him into this most gracious human being that was the total opposite for most of his Christian life. And you see, this woman, lying half naked, religious mocking her, the religious criticizing her, the religious judging her for her actions, didn't stop for one moment and ask the question, why did you do what you're doing? What brought you to that place of immorality? What brought you to that place of tragedy? What brought you to that place of being shamefully, publicly, shamefully guilty of your sin? Well, I know what brought her there. Because in my teenage years, I lived a very immoral life. And I remember waking up one morning after being with someone that I didn't actually even know. Met in a bar, in a nightclub, whatever. And I remember that empty feeling, lying in the bed, wondering, who the heck is this and who, what am I doing here? And understanding now about grace and understanding about mercy and faithfulness of God, I understood why I, I, I actually did it because what I was actually looking for was for love. I was longing for someone to hug me and to hold me and to wrap their arms around me and tell me that I was okay because I suffered with rejection at every level as a child. I went through so much and I was rejected by everyone. And so therefore I was drawn to this world of immorality, drawn to this world of sexual activity, trying to find something that would fill my soul and change my life and make me whole and make me feel okay. But yet it drew me to a different place. And every time I used to wake up, and every time I used to wake up in my mind and in my heart, I used to hate the existence of living that lifestyle. So it is a false, false world. And there's so many of us longing for love, longing to be embraced, longing for that sense of rejection to lift from our hearts, that we would feel not that guilt or shame or condemnation, that somewhere that God's grace could do something. Let me show you something tonight. When she lay down there in the gutter, and the religious were mocking them, and spitting on her. It's amazing what Jesus did. He bowed down to where she was. Not only did he bow down, he wrote something in the sand. And I often wonder what those words were. For me, these are the words. I love you. I love you. I see your pain. I see your brokenness. I see your tragedy. I see why you've been driven there because I see that maybe when you were a teenager, you were raped. Maybe when you were a teenager, your parents abused you. Maybe you never had love. Maybe you never found love. Maybe you never were ever given love and that's what drove you to this situation. But hey, today the religious have thrown you here, but grace has bowed down to reach where you are. And I'm reminded of Corey Tamboon that says, no pit is too deep that God cannot reach. Hallelujah. No pit is too deep. No place of pain is too, hard, too difficult for Christ. You see, grace doesn't say much, but grace does much, you see. Grace effectively changes 
Every situation, you see, it's, it's not the, the law or the wrath of God or, you know, uh, coming to church, you don't want to come, son. And everyone say, oh, he didn't want to come. There's the prodigal that's come into the building. Maybe we should shut our mouth and say, let's embrace him. Let's love him. Let's go down where he is and let's embrace him. My brother used to fill half the church in the early days when we got saved. With every drug addict, with every crack addict, with prostitutes and drug addicts, gangland members, everyone used to come into church. And I was always amazed. All the middle class would sit on one side and wouldn't even look in their direction. They wouldn't even talk to us. I remember a Christian woman saying to me one day in the city, she was a Christian, a prominent leader in the church, and she said, were you dragged up, son? I remember looking at her thinking, what's wrong with you? Grace of God touched my life, sister. How dare you speak to me that way? God never saw me that way. Let me tell you, grace will change your life. It's amazing that as Jesus bends down to where that lady is and half naked, and he doesn't criticize her, and he doesn't judge her, he just embraces her. He just wraps his arms around her. He had every authority. He had all power on earth to tell her at that given moment, what you've done is wrong. But he didn't see what she did that was wrong. He saw the reason and motive that drove her to that place of sin and debauchery and immorality. But he knew at that given moment that the religious wouldn't win her, but the grace of God would touch her, affect her, change her, make her whole, and free her forever. This is the amazing thing. This is what I believe. You can believe what you like. When Jesus bowed down, their eyes met. You see, grace reaches down. And grace sees that soul, that heart, that pain, that suffering, that tragedy, that brokenness of that poor lady that day. He saw her. And when she saw his eyes, she saw grace. Words weren't even spoken. There must have been a moment during that moment, that scene that she saw Jesus and everything in her heart realized all that she was doing was wrong. And I would reckon in her heart she said, oh God, forgive me. Oh God, forgive me what I did. Oh God, forgive me for sleeping with this man. Oh God, forgive me for sleeping with that man. Oh God, I'm, I'm so shameful of my guilt and I'm so shameful of my feel condemned. But no. Listen, no, what she saw that moment, that given scene, that given moment in eternity, she saw grace and mercy and goodness and love. Because the Bible says that grace and mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then grace goes further. Grace says to her, have they, have they, have they all walked away? Are they still here? What are they? Where are they? See, grace shuts the voice of the religious and sends them packing because grace wants to touch a life. My brother, many years ago, one of his best friends was a heroin addict. He used to pick him up every Sunday as he was injecting heroin into his veins. And he'd drag him out of the car and bring him to church after injecting in his veins. Thomas Cor is a friend of mine, spent years in prison. And he dragged him into church, and Tom would come in stoned. And one day he walked in, 
And he was in the meeting and he was stoned. And all of a sudden I saw grace evaporating on his life and falling on his knees and giving his heart to Christ. And this day, from that day to this day, he's never used heroin again because it wasn't religious that changed him. It was the grace of God that touched him. It was grace. And it is only grace. Listen to grace. Daughter, go sin no more. Can you imagine for, your, for a moment, use your imagination as she got up off the ground? She was never the same again. She never committed adultery again. She probably never slept with another man ever again in her life. She probably never had another relationship on earth. We think of Mary Magdalene, another one that was a prostitute, that came into the presence of grace and her whole life changed and Grace touched Mary Magdalene so much so that, that God allowed out of eternity, God saw fit out of eternity, that she would be the first one to see the resurrection. If we saw the prostitute walking in, we would, she would be the last person we would allow come and sit with a pastor, let's be honest. We would say, well, she's scantily dressed, and you know what, maybe she has this, and maybe she has that. Maybe What would you do if a prostitute walked in? What would you do if a homosexual walked in? And, and, and they, were, they look gay or they look, you know what, they look like a woman. What would you do? Most of the church would step off and say, whoa. When I was in Bible school, I went to a middle class Bible school, can you imagine? <laughs> there was a man there called Bill Patrick. He was a professor. And I used to go and see him every day because I had so many <laughs> problems. I remember him saying to him one day, I'm going to give you a laugh. I said, Bill, I, I actually can't deal with this place. He said, what, what's wrong with you? So I said, all these girls from all over the world. So has my head wrecked. <laughs> I said, how do you mean? I said, you know, I, I, I have to tell you about my past. I told him about my past. And I was, oh, 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 come on. I said, my head is bamboozled. He says, I can't. They're from Austria. They're from Switzerland. Wow, I said, I'm, I, I said, I feel like King David in, in a party. I said, I, can't, I actually can't deal with this, man. So I said, you've got to help me, man. You've got to give me some spiritual, spiritual energy here, man. I just can't cope with this stuff. And he said, have you got a pair of runners? I said, yeah. He said, have you got running gear? I said, yeah. Just go keep on running until your hormones calm down. And he said, as you keep on running, the grace of God will touch you. Your hormones will cease, and you'll come back and feel normal. Twice a day I used to run. <laughs> Bill Patrick used to look at me and say, oh, that's poor old sod. He's off again. <laughs> Grace changed me. I lived in a very immoral life. But Grace touched me. Grace made me whole. And I had the privilege many years ago in India to walk into a red light district area and bring out 11 girls from a brothel and bring them to a celebration, see them free for, for all their lives. It was amazing. And I remember my wife saying, it's amazing what the enemy meant for evil. God has turned it for good in your life. That you were such a, a bad boy and a naughty boy. Look what God has done. And I, and I remember standing there. I remember standing there in, in, in Andhra Pradesh. And I remember celebrating with these girls. And I remember preaching. And all of a sudden, they threw these white doves in the air. And the doves circled for about 10 minutes. I remember God saying, it is grace on your life that changed your life well friends 
Maybe tonight you came in here, not wanting to be here. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'll be in there. The people that affected me most as a Christian were not the ones that said much, but actually did much. I was hard. I was tough. I was brutal on myself. I used to fast and pray. I used to fast three days, seven days, 21 days. I would read my Bible 24 hours a day. I would, I would sacrifice. I would kill myself. I would slaughter myself as a Christian often because I didn't really understand grace. Until I met the likes of Bill Pastor, my father, and I was a man of grace. And that grace began to change me. And I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know where your background is, your past is. I don't know what your struggle may be. Maybe it's immorality. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's homosexuality. It's irrelevant to me. I don't really care about that. I care about one thing, that His grace can touch your life and that you can walk out of here. And I'm not saying come back to church because that's just a stupid thing to say. But begin to love the man called grace that's Jesus Christ. Because His grace is the only grace that can change a life. It's His grace that can only fill a life. It's His grace that can only make a life whole. It's His grace that can only do something special in the heart of a human being. And you know, I, I'm in the meetings in, in my old neighborhood and these girls are coming in, the crack addicts and prostitutes. And, and do you know what she loves? Do you know what she loves? She said to me, do you know why I love coming here? I said, why is that, Denise? Because you always give me a hug, Pastor. She's never known to have a hug. Think about it. I think my mother hugged me when I was 30. But when I got saved, he hugged me and keeps on hugging me every day. Yeah. Hallelujah. Young people, let the grace of God touch your life. That world out there will just give you garbage. That world out there will just give you filth. That world will suck you in, blow you, and send you back out packing with nothing. But when you come to Jesus, when you allow His grace to wrap itself around you, you feel the love of God. You feel the presence of heaven. You feel the touch of God touching your most innermost being, the depths of your your soul where no one else can touch you. And the Bible says only the Spirit of God can touch and knows the depth and the, the, the inward, the in, inner parts of a human life. And I can honestly say, standing before you, I've known the touch of heaven deeper and deeper and deeper as I get on, as I get older and older in God. I can feel His presence. And people often say, why do you always cry in the worship? I cry because of His grace. I cry because I was like that woman. I was lost. I was broken. I was in a mess. But Jesus stepped down of eternity, stepped into my world and didn't say much, but looked into my soul and said, Son, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to touch you. I'm going to put you back together. I'm going to make you whole. I'm going to give you a dream. I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to give you a purpose on earth. And nothing and nobody will stop it because it's my grace and my grace alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's His grace. 
That's why I'm radical for Jesus. That's why I don't mind going into a bookshop and talking to someone. Because I know his grace. An Indian family from Punjab came and spoke to us today. We didn't even have to ask. They walked over to us. Because there's a grace on our life that others can see, you see. Because it's his grace alone. And people can see it. People are affected by it. People can taste it. People can actually even touch it at times. Hallelujah. 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 A few months ago, I walked into my old neighborhood, and this fellow walked up to me, and he began to F in my face. He was a hard individual. He said, what are you doing in this neighborhood? We were giving out food, and he began to F in my face, and I just looked at him. I just let him go and go and go. So he walked off, and then I walked in the street, and there was five guys in a car smoking joints, and I stuck my head in the car, and I said, oh, I'm back to see you again. He's looking at me as if I'm nuts. I said, let me tell you who I used to pal around with, who I used to drink with. He shut his mouth. And out of nowhere, he began to tell me he was a coke addict, a crack addict, a heroin addict. And he said, oh, can you do something for me? And I said, it's only the grace of God, friend, that can change your life. It's only the grace of God that can stoop down and not even say anything. But you'll feel it. You'll have an effect on your life. It's his grace, friend. It's his grace. We don't need sermons. We need his grace. We don't need great illustrations. We need His grace to fill our homes, to fill our marriages, to fill our kids, to fill our lives. Hallelujah. And you know what? His grace is like a tap that keeps on flowing from eternity until the day you close your eyes. It will be His grace. Hallelujah. I better shut up now. I just love Jesus. I just love Him. Because nobody else would have come down to my level. Nobody else would have sat with me when I was in the gutter. Nobody else would have listened to me. Nobody else would have listened to my pain of rejection and suffering and guilt and shame. I didn't want to do those things as a teenager. I didn't want to sit in those nightclubs. I didn't want to watch pornography. I wanted to live like any other kid, full of life and zest for life. That's what I wanted to do. But when I was in that mess and when I was broken, Christ came from eternity, stepped into my world, touched my innermost being and said, Son, he didn't call me servant. He didn't call me slave. He called me son. You're not a servant. You're a friend of God. And that's grace. That's ultimate grace. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our head. Maybe tonight you're a backslidden Christian. Maybe you're not even a Christian. That's okay for me. Maybe you feel full of guilt and shame and, and, and condemnation. And maybe every day you wake up, you see the past, you see the, the failures, you see the mistakes, you see it all. You hear the religious condemning you. You hear the religious bullying you. You hear the voice of condemnation constantly kicking you in the face. But tonight, friend, we're going to put all that aside and we're going to hear the voice of grace that says, welcome home. Welcome home. You hear the voice of grace saying, I love you with an unrelenting, unrelenting love. I love you unconditionally. I love you from the moment you were conceived to the moment you leave the earth. I will love you with an ever 
everlasting love. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter what you watched last night. Doesn't matter what you've been watching, what you've been listening, what you've been reading. Doesn't matter because His grace will cover it all. As the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. And tonight, I'm going to leave this altar on. I feel tonight God wants to step into your world and touch your heart. Caleb, God wants to touch your life, my young man, in a special way. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this day. We ask you, Lord, to do something amazing in our hearts. Fill us with your grace. Fill us with your grace and your mercy and love. Now, Father, Holy Spirit, I ask you to do something in this auditorium now quickly that you will begin to touch young lives. Hallelujah. Lord, touch this young girl in the name of Jesus. Just touch her, Lord God. Just touch her. Hallelujah. Just touch her, Lord Jesus. Just touch him, Father. Let him know your presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Jesus touched this lady. Let I know your presence. Yes, Lord. Just touch her. Hallelujah. So whoever wants prayer, come out here. We start praying. I'll pray and I'll prophesy all day and all night. I don't mind. If you want the word from God, come and we'll pray. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Jesus.
Let's try and if we can push back and get room, then God will really do something. I know it's probably a bit messy. That's okay. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Your presence. Jesus. 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 I've tasted and seen the sweetest of loves. My heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence. Come on, let's sing it. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do something amazing in this place. God can do something awesome. Oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Jesus. Come flood this place in
shine through the earth and as each person or light pierced this cloud it broke away and turned into dust and we there was light and that was all we could see was light great how about you respond to that if you're struggling with anxiety depression anything like that why don't you come down the front now just kind of push your way in here come back you saw it you can pray (laughs) pray with Patrick come on if that's you this could be the moment God's agenda set you free trying to touch someone's mind I don't know who you are but you have, have thoughts that you want to kill yourself you want to leave planet earth I want to tell you it's a life from hell if that's you coming forward we pray we break it over your life if you hadn't even had a thought an inkling a desire don't be afraid we're in the presence of God God can just touch your life in a miraculous way God wants to bring revival to his church. And there's a sense in the air of heaven. Where's that? Pam, come out here and I pray with you, do I? Come on, I pray with you. It'll be okay. Then I'll pray with you. Lord says there's a mantle of leadership upon your life you have struggled because of your gender and because of your ability and potential you have always tried to remain in the hidden place Lord said those days are over I've called you to be a world shaker to be a city transformer you will become a person of great influence you become a person that will bring many to leadership, you will train many, you will develop many, and you will encourage many. I'm going to bless you, says the Lord. Embrace the call, says God. Embrace the call. Yes, the call of pastorate is there. That anointing is on your life. It's been on your life many, many years, says God. Many years. It's not something that is old. It's something that is new, also, says the Lord. 
I'm going to bless your life, sister. But I've put a deep mantle of leadership upon your life. I'm going to use it for the glory of God. pray for this man. Lord, I ask you to just touch him. Lord, I pray bring an excitement in his life for the things of God. Lord Jesus, I pray a blessing on his life. Yes, Lord, do something significant in his life. Bless their marriage, bless their children, bless their home, bless their future. Together, Lord, and do great things for you. Tell you, says the Lord, I've got a big plan and a big purpose. I've been giving you many gifts, says the Lord. Many gifts. You're a man of integrity, you're a man of purity, and you're a man that has a deep, deep desire for the things of God. And your past is your 
past, but your presence is great and your future is glorious, says the Lord. I'm going to take you to many places. Use you for the glory of God and use you for the kingdom of heaven. I have put my hand heavy upon you as a couple. The enemy has tried to come and rob many things. He's come to try and rob, kill, and destroy. But I want to tell you, says the Lord, you have been tremendous parents. You have been a tremendous dad. You have been a tremendous father. You have been an amazing father, says the Lord. This is not the work of you. This is the work of the enemy. And from this day on, that work is over, says the Lord. I'm breaking every strand and every strategy of the enemy of your family. I'm going to release a joy that you haven't known for years. Your children will not only be saved, but they will serve me. They will glorify my name. You have been an amazing dad, an amazing father, an amazing father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, and you've been an amazing mother, an amazing mom, incredible, gentle lady, with a beautiful spirit, a heart for your children. You love your children. You pray for them every day. I see you praying. I see you on your knees. I see you declaring the things of God. They are not going unheard, says the Lord. I hear every word. I see every prayer. And they will be answered. And your portion will be great. And your inheritance will be blessed. And from generation to generation, your inheritance shall be blessed. And your marriage will be blessed. And people who have broken marriages will come and sit at your table. And you will not only listen to them, but you will restore them. And they will be blessed. They will walk out to your door knowing that God has done something in their marriage and in their home. Or that's why the enemies come to rob and kill and destroy. But from this day on, that is not your portion no more. Your portion is joy and freedom and liberty and wholeness and blessing in your home in an incredible, incredible way. Father, now bless Sarah, Lord, in a, bless, in a special way. Just touch her, Lord God, with an incredible portion from heaven. Where's her soul? say this. The Bible says, confess it with your mouth. In the witness of many. And heaven's going to rejoice, man, over you. God, God's got Dear Jesus, I come to you this day. I ask you to forgive me of everything I've ever done. Be Lord of my life and be King of my heart. From this day forevermore. I will serve you. I will lay down my life for you, Lord. Wherever, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray for this incredible young man. Bless him, Maria from Korea. Where's Luke? Maria from Korea. Ah, I love this girl. Praise the Lord. Sophia came. I talked to her yesterday. She wants to give her heart to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord.
wants to say a little prayer me okay we've got to say it from your lips all right close your eyes dear jesus i come to you this day i ask you to forgive me of all my sins i ask you to be lord of my life i commit all my ways Father, I pray for Sophie. Wow, you feel that presence? You got a phone? Okay. Grab a phone then. Is this being recorded, Sherry? Yeah? Is this all being recorded? Is this all being recorded? Okay, we'll record it, okay? Right never known this, you've never felt this, you've never seen this, you've never heard this, but God has a word for you from heaven and he's going to send it to you, okay? You're a beautiful young girl, my gosh. The Lord says to you, yesterday was not an accident, it was a divine appointment and that divine appointment has been established today. The Lord says from this day on, those desires to save and help the poor will become your portion and your reality. You have entered into a door that you cannot even imagine to think where this is going to lead you. From this day on, right through your whole life, you will remember this moment that someone came from a different place to speak to you and encourage you to come to this place. But it was before you even were born, this was place was going to take place. For in you is a heart to serve, in you is a heart to give, and in you is a heart for those who are destitute, broken, and lost. Lord said, I'm going to bless your life. I'm going to open many doors for you. Wow. Wow, my gosh. Wow. How many people in this house have prodigal sons and daughters? Let's pray. Then we close. Father, in the name of Jesus... that over the next four weeks many prodigal sons and daughters will walk through those doors and they will come home Lord hallelujah they'll come home to heaven Lord they'll come home to the house that will embrace them and love them in a special way Father I pray in the name of Jesus for every prodigal son and daughter tonight that maybe in a bar maybe taking drugs whatever it may be Lord I pray that the spirit of God will touch every home tonight and that their portion will be salvation and that a portion will be joy and celebration and every mom that has prayed and every grandmother that has prayed for years I pray that in the name of Jesus Lord a portion in this house will be a portion of salvation and victory and deliverance and freedom I pray oh God from this moment that revival will explode in this house and the portion of this house will be revival and young kids will get saved teenagers will get saved that youth group will explode that young adults group will explode and the worship team will record albums that will effectively affect New Zealand and the nations of the earth I pray oh God that you will bless the leadership bless the pastors bless everyone that is involved I declare blessing I declare blessing I declare blessing in this portion in this house will be phenomenal and that many will come and gather and the Lord says I will bring many people from overseas to come to your school of music and you will train them to be worship leaders you will train them to be gifted worship leaders and musicians and you will send them out to their nations and there will be created in them the sound that has come from this place 
the sound of worship, the sound of heaven, the sound of freedom, the sound of liberty, and the sound of salvation will evaporate on every song that you write and every tune that you put together and every song that you develop. God says, I will bless it in an incredible way. And financially, you will be blessed beyond measure. For in this house, says God, there's a portion to give to those outside the four walls. And as you give, I will give much, says God. For my heart is for you, not against you. My heart is to fill you and not empty you. And from this day on, you will feel a sense of heaven evaporating, exploding in your meetings. And your prayer meeting will be incredible. And your worship nights will be phenomenal. For the presence of eternity will be pressing upon it and developing and releasing it for those outside these four walls, says the Lord. You don't need to go. Can we please give Patrick a hand? Thank you, Patrick, for visiting our nation. Awesome. Fantastic. You never know, he might show up at prayer meeting this week too. It'd be a blast. So, very good. Now, as we, one of the last things we'd like to do tonight is receive an offering. Because I really want to ensure that Patrick goes home blessed. He's a long, long way away from home. We want to ensure that he goes home blessed. So I'm just going to ask our host team to stand on the door tonight. Just stand on the door, guys. And as you go past, if you can, if you're willing, if you're able, if you're not prepared, doesn't matter. But if you could sow into that, uh, we'll pass it on to Patrick to say thank you. Have a fantastic week. Let me pray. Father, I declare your blessing over your church in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this great city we live in. And Father, I ask that wherever we are and whenever we're there this week, we would have the courage to be like Jesus, not just indeed this week, but also in word. So I ask that you would stir our hearts and that we would be a great blessing to this city and to one another in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a fantastic week.
There is power in the 
This is my desire. 